Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good morning, center of the storm. Fallout intensifying over that FBI search of Donald Trump's home in Florida with Republicans rallying around the former president. I believe he was going to run before. I'm stronger in my belief now. What we're learning about the timing of that search and what agents removed. And new overnight, Trump set to testify under oath today in another investigation surrounding his business empire. The very latest, straight ahead. Mixed signals, all eyes on new inflation numbers being released this morning, with gas prices dropping, but the cost of other staples still sky high. What it could mean for your wallet. We're live with a full report. Caught on camera. The dramatic moment a small plane attempts an emergency landing on a crowded California highway and bursts into flames. The pilot somehow miraculously managing to walk away. What he's saying this morning. Those stories plus securing our schools with millions of children ready to start the new school year. A Today exclusive revealing new technology behind improving classroom safety. Students get to the safe zone. Students get to the safe zone. Just ahead, an inside look at what's being done to save lives. And Little League Big Hearts, a frightening scene at a baseball game, takes an unexpected turn, becoming an inspiring display of compassion. We'll hear from the boys capturing hearts around the world for that remarkable show of sportsmanship. Today, Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And welcome to today. Thank you so much for starting your Wednesday morning with us. Craig Melvin here alongside Chanel Jones. Good morning. Savannah and Hoda have this Wednesday off and what was really a scary moment turned into quite the inspiration, a moment, mm -hmm. that little league hug that everyone's been talking about. Yeah, that, that's pretty it scary. It takes your breath away there for and a moment. Isaiah Jarvis, the kid in the blue there, uh, comes over, hugs the pitcher, and it, it really has ignited uh, quite the conversation. So we're going to dig into that in just That's a bit. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but we are going to start this morning with some new information surrounding that FBI search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Yes, we're learning more about how it all went down. Agents arrived on the scene at about 9 a.m. on Monday and were there until 6.30 at night, a nine-and-a-half-hour search. The former president's lawyer saying officials took about a dozen boxes from the site. Meanwhile, with just 90 days until the midterms, there are new questions this morning about what happens next and what the political fallout will be. We've got it all covered for you this morning, starting with NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker, in Washington. Kristen, good morning to you. 
Craig and Chanel, good morning to both of you. Former President Trump will be facing more legal scrutiny today. He will sit for a deposition in a different investigation with the New York State Attorney General's office, the AG looking into whether Mr. Trump and the Trump Organization misstated financial information on official documents. It comes as the fallout intensifies over that unprecedented search at his Florida property. Overnight, in a show of force, a group of House Republicans having dinner and posing with former President Trump at his home in New Jersey. One of the congressmen who attended speaking out overnight. I've never seen President, President Trump as fired up as what he was tonight. It comes amid dramatic new details about the FBI's move to execute a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago, Mr. Trump's Florida estate. A lawyer for Mr. Trump, Christina Bob, tells NBC News his legal team had been discussing records stored at Mar-a-Lago since this spring. The news was first reported by the Washington Post, which also said federal authorities were increasingly concerned. Mr. Trump or his aides had not returned all documents that were government property, citing people familiar with the discussions. On Monday, Bob said the FBI removed about a dozen boxes from a basement storage unit. They also... Um, said that they were they were looking for classified documents, evidence of a, a crime as far as classified documents go. It comes as the former president and his allies are escalating their attacks on the FBI, claiming without evidence that the investigation is politically motivated. We're a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party. It's like what we thought about the Gestapo. Former Vice President Mike Pence, who has broken with Mr. Trump publicly, is urging Attorney General Merrick Garland to give a full accounting of the search. The Justice Department is not commenting. The search warrant remains under seal, meaning details about what agents sought to remove from the residents are still secret. But experts say investigators had to meet a high bar to carry out the unprecedented search. The FBI can't get a search warrant unless it establishes probable cause to believe that a crime has been committed, a federal crime. And such a sensitive move so close to the midterm elections would almost certainly have to go through the highest levels of the Justice Department, including the usually cautious Attorney General Merrick Garland. Trump allies now saying it may have made the former president more fired up to run again. I believe he was going to run before. I'm as stronger in my belief now. Now, as for that congressman who attended that dinner, Jim Banks, he said Mr. Trump seemed poised to soon announce for run for president. And I've been talking to allies of the former president who are arguing this search at his Florida home could actually re-energize some of his supporters and even some of his detractors. Still, the optics of the FBI search are also casting a pretty big cloud. Craig. Our chief White House correspondent, Kristen Walker, for us there. Kristen, thank you. Let's turn now to NBC justice correspondent, Ken Delanian. Ken, good morning to you. Um, so, Ken, despite all the criticisms, and there have been many, so far, federal officials have remained silent. Walk us through the, the thinking there and what's the likelihood that that could change sometime soon. Good morning, Craig. Look, it's ironclad Justice Department policy not to talk about any pending criminal investigation out of fairness to the people being investigated in case they are never charged. 
And when you say to DOJ officials, sure, but this is the former president. The whole country is talking about it, and millions of people think this search is improper. They reply, that's exactly what former FBI Director James Comey argued when he made a decision to violate policy and talk about the investigation into Hillary Clinton's private email server in 2016. The Justice Department watchdog later concluded Comey's behavior cast a cloud over the FBI, and many people think it changed the course of the election. So, Craig, it appears that Merrick Garland is determined not to go anywhere close to that line. All right, let's pivot here and talk about what's expected to happen today. Um, separate investigation here in New York. Former President Trump expected to be deposed in that investigation today. What more can you tell us about that? That's right. He will answer questions under oath today from the state attorney general's office in their civil investigation into his business practices. And, and this is a high stakes moment for the former president, Craig, because the New York attorney general has already said she has found evidence of fraud in how the Trump organization valued various properties, though she's still trying to figure out who was responsible. And while this is only a civil investigation, there is a parallel criminal probe by the Manhattan district attorney that appears to be stalled. Given the criminal jeopardy, Trump might be wise to assert his Fifth Amendment right not to answer any questions, as his son Eric did more than 500 times in this case. But that would be a bad look for somebody who wants to run for president. Trump himself has said that only guilty people take the fifth. And, Craig, this comes a day after a federal appeals court ruled that Congress has a right to obtain Trump's full tax returns. Now, Trump can appeal this ruling, and if he does, Democrats will have to hope a final decision arrives before next year when they may lose control of the House, Craig. And to be clear, that appeal could potentially go all the way to the Supreme Court, correct? Absolutely. All right. Now, Justice Correspondent. Ken Delaney. Ken, thank you. Meantime, yeah. a new report on inflation is being released this morning. A critical piece of information as the Federal Reserve considers whether to continue raising interest rates. NBC's Tom Casello is covering that for us from Washington. Tom, good morning. Hi, Chanel. Good morning. We're competing with a lawnmower. Sorry about that. You know, every American feels inflation almost every single day when they gas up, when they buy food, when they pay the rent, when they pay the utilities. Inflation in June running at 9%. The Fed's target is 2%. So we're going to find out today if in July inflation dropped along with gas prices. If it didn't drop enough, the Fed may be forced to raise rates even more in September. The school bell is ringing for millions of kids this month, with 40-year high inflation taking a big bite out of back-to-school budgets. Clothes, sneakers, backpacks, not to mention family groceries, gas, and medications. The Federal Reserve has already raised interest rates four times this year, hoping to tame inflation. Today's report on July inflation and next month's report will be critical as the Fed decides whether it must continue raising rates and by how much. We'll be asking, do we see inflationary pressures declining? The good news, gas prices have already dropped more than a dollar from their all-time highs in June. Adobe reports for the first time in two years, online shopping prices have also started to drop, while Walmart and Target have cut in-store prices amid an inventory surplus. But adding to inflation, wages are up 5% from a year ago. Ahead of the midterm elections, tackling inflation is a high priority for Democrats, passing their $430 billion Inflation Reduction Act. That's going to lower the cost of health care and energy and make historic investments to tackle climate crisis. While Republicans say the plan will only make inflation worse, Democrats insist their plan promises relief for millions of seniors struggling to pay for their medications by letting Medicare negotiate lower drug prices, among them Catherine Horan in Illinois. Hopefully 
that will keep a roof over my head and food in my refrigerator for a longer period of time. The Dems package also aims to cut household energy costs by offering tax credits and rebates for switching to more energy efficient systems. For the typical American household, they'll see their energy bill fall by about $300 a month, a decade from now. But for millions of families like Michelle Diamond, back to school shopping with her kids in Maryland, inflation is a pocketbook issue right now. We are buying what we need and the very bare minimum. We are looking for sales. We are doing everything we can to save pennies right now. Tom, gas prices are fortunately coming down. Are there any other areas where we might see prices drop in the coming months? Airfares are dropping as well, so if you have a flight plan for the fall, keep in mind this is the season when airfares start to drop because it's no longer the high season for travel. But also jewelry is coming down, believe it or not, uh, toys, electronics. Some of these items we saw really skyrocket are slowly starting to drop, especially online, Chanel. It's a bit of good news. We'll take it. All right, thank you, Tom. Turning now to the monkeypox monkey outbreak, already declared a public health emergency, the FDA just announced a plan to stretch the nation's vaccine supply by giving out smaller doses. Our senior medical correspondent, Dr. John Torres, is here with everything we need to know. Dr. John, always good to have you. Good morning. So let's start with this FDA decision. I, I mean, what, what's changing here and why? Well, it sounds like a bit of a head-scratcher because they're giving smaller doses, but they found out those smaller doses are effective. Okay. And the reason they're doing this is because they don't have sufficient doses to get to the population they need to in order to try to keep this under control. They're estimating over a million doses are needed. Right now, in a strategic national stockpile, they have 441,000. If they can split it like they say they can split it, that pushes it up to over 2 million doses. So that should be sufficient to hopefully get the who needs it and get it under control. And there's a lot of misinformation around the outbreak of, the, of this virus. Can you clear up who is most vulnerable? So the ones that are most vulnerable are anybody who's going to come in contact with somebody who potentially has it, that skin-to-skin -skin contact. So it's just so it's skin-to-skin. -skin. It's skin-to-skin. -skin. The others are more theoretical, as in the respiratory droplets. If you're very close to somebody for an extended period of time, as in kissing somebody or hugging them closely, potentially that way. But that skin-to-skin -skin is the way it, it mostly passes. And that has to be touching somebody who has an open lesion or a sore that's, that's weeping the virus. Then you can get it. And that's why these populations that are having it right now, they tend to have more skin-to-skin -skin contact, and they tend to get this more often. A lot of kids heading back to college in, in just a few weeks, if not a few days, so there's some growing concern that as that happens, we could potentially start to see outbreaks on college campuses, university campuses around the country. Is, is that a real concern? That is a real concern, and so one thing I would say is, you know, talk to your children if they're going off to college about, you know, that skin-to-skin -skin contact. So a couple <laughs> things. Skin-to-skin -skin contact, if it's clothes that somebody who's infected has worn or has a towel they've used, don't share towels, you know, those types of things that we normally right. do to keep ourselves safe, do the same thing. And get the vaccination if you can going to school. All right. Dr. John Torres, thank you as always. You thank you. All right. Now to that dramatic video we showed you earlier. A small plane crashing, then bursting into flames on a California highway. And incredibly, no one was hurt. NBC yeah. national correspondent Miguel Almaguer has the details on this one. Miguel, good morning. Guys, good morning. Incredible indeed. Two people were on that plane, and when you watch that video, it's hard to imagine they escaped unharmed. The pilot saying a lunchtime leisure flight suddenly took an alarming turn. It was pretty scary. 
pilot Andrew Cho says he's lucky to be alive this morning after these terrifying moments Tuesday. His small plane crash landing onto a California freeway, clipping the back of a pickup truck with three people inside before bursting into flames in the middle of traffic about 50 miles southeast of Los Angeles. Miraculously, no one in the plane or on the ground was injured. This video released by TMZ appears to show people running from the wreckage. Airplane landed on the freeway. Cho says he and a friend were taking a lunchtime leisure flight to Catalina Island in his single engine Piper when he began to have engine trouble and had to quickly decide where to land. In my judgment, we weren't going to be able to make the airport landing field without possibly hitting a building and so I had to make a, a decision to land on the freeway. Cho and his friend kicking out a door of the plane just minutes before the plane erupted into a fiery ball of flames. Firefighters putting out the blaze as everyone in the area breathed a sigh of relief. I'm ecstatic I'm alive. Again, thanks to this pilot's quick thinking and calm demeanor and a lot of luck, no one was injured. The Highway Patrol says that's remarkable. Chanel. Absolutely. All right, thank you, Miguel. All right, seven, almost 716 now. Thomas, say good morning to Mr. Roker. The headline here is, if you think it's been hot, you are absolutely correct. For example, here in the Northeast. Now, normally 90-degree days, we get about 17 a year in New York City, about, about 30 in Philadelphia. We'll take a look. Already this year, we've had 19 in New York, 35 so far in Philadelphia. All right, let's head down to the Southeast. It has been hot there as well. 90-degree temperatures. Charlotte, you average about 49. Atlanta, about 47. Guess what? So far this year, already 57 days and in Charlotte, 51 in Atlanta, Texas. We're going to up the ante to 100 degrees. How many 100-degree days do you normally get in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio? 18 in San Antonio, 7 Houston, 20 in Dallas. Guess what? You've doubled it in Dallas. You've more than almost tripled it in, in San Antonio and tripled it certainly in Houston. The good news is cooler, more refreshing air coming into the Northeast. Boston today, you'll be at 73. 87 in Newark, 90 in D.C., but just to the west, Cleveland, 79, Pittsburgh, 78 degrees and look at these temperatures heading into the weekend by Saturday you're in 77 in Boston New York 80 82 in DC Pittsburgh 77 on Friday and even better the humidity levels will be dropping the dew points the, this is the this is the measure of how much moisture there is in the air uh, tomorrow Thursday 57 degree of dew point 51 and Saturday by New York it's a 50 degree dew point that's much more comfortable air 55 in Boston so cooler less humid more or comfort. You're welcome. And that's your latest weather. Guys, we All love right. it when you bring the good news. We love it when you bring the good news, Mr. Roker. Still ahead here this morning, a story that all parents really need to see as the new school year arrives. Vicki Wynn has an exclusive look at some new training and new technology to improve safety and experiences another vital tool firsthand, a lockdown drill in a classroom. Plus, the feel-good story that's quickly going viral, a powerful display of sportsmanship on the Little League field. We're going to hear from the kids from rival teams behind this heartwarming embrace. But first, this is Today on NBC. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms not on your noses. 
Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back at 7.30 on a Wednesday morning, the 10th of August, 2022. This is a beautiful shot of New York City. Al just told us it's going to be a gorgeous day. It's 75 degrees right now, and we certainly can't wait to head out to the plaza. There are folks here from all over the country. That is a we'll beautiful say hi shot. Isn't that nice? Uh, Jacob Soberoff has joined us good on this morning. Yes, good, good morning. Good morning to, good to you. you, sir. Good Always now. good to have you. Uh, let's get to a quick check of your 730 headlines on this Wednesday. We are going to start uh, with results from a couple of closely watched primaries last night. Businessman Tim Michaels winning Wisconsin's Republican primary for governor. He was endorsed by former President Donald Trump. Michaels advances to a general election against Democrat uh, the governor there, Tony Evers, and what could be among the most consequential in the country. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, Representative Ilhan Omar surprised, uh, excuse me, survived a surprisingly close challenge for her house seat. Police in New Mexico say they have arrested a man suspected of killing at least two Muslim men in Albuquerque. 51-year-old Mohammed Syed faces charges in two murders, but police say he is a prime suspect in two other cases. A community tip led police to search his home where they say multiple firearms were recovered. Police say they're still investigating a motive, but that an interpersonal conflict may have played a role. And now to the tennis world, which is reacting to that news that the 23-time Grand Slam champion Serena Williams is getting ready to retire. Mm. In an essay posted by Vogue, Williams said the countdown has begun. She wasn't completely clear on the timeline, but she hinted that the U.S. Open, which begins in a couple of weeks, could be the end of her storied career. U.S. Open tournament director Stacey Allister says Serena, quote, leaves an indelible legacy of grace and grit that will inspire athletes, female and male, for many generations to come. Serena Williams has nothing left to prove. Okay. Uh, I mean, talk about a remarkable career. She can be with her family. All right, well, now to our favorite story of the morning. And yeah. judging by the response online, a lot of yours as well. Yeah, there was a uh, bit of a scare right there. That was a game to qualify for the Little League World Series. A young batter hit in the head by that pitch there. But it's what he did next that is touching hearts all over the world. NBC's Gotti Schwartz joins us with more on this beautiful.
beautiful display of sportsmanship. It sure was. Talk about high stakes. This happened at the Southwest Regional Championship in East Texas. Uh, Perland facing off against a team from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and in a game that would decide who would head to Williamsport, some good old-fashioned empathy and compassion. A heart-stopping moment at bat during a playoff game becoming a heartwarming display of sportsmanship. It started when a fastball from Pearland, Texas pitcher Caden Shelton hit the batter, Tulsa's Isaiah Jarvis, in the side of the head. Jarvis dropping to the ground in pain. I was shooken up because I've never been hit with a ball that hard. But to the relief of players and fans recovering quickly. Meanwhile, pitcher Caden Shelton visibly shaken on the mound. Then an unexpected curveball. Touching moment between opponents, Jarvis striding over to the upset pitcher and folding him in a hug. I wanted to make sure he was all right, and I wanted to make sure he knew that I was all right. We felt bad for each other. I felt bad for hitting him, and he felt bad for when I was crying, and he came and hugged me and made me feel better. The crowd giving a standing ovation. I was sick to my stomach. I, to, to be completely honest, I was sick to my stomach. When he started walking towards Caden, the things that he said to Caden and the way that he hugged him, Isaiah... You are a great kid. You're amazing. Parents' worries turning to pride. I'm a college baseball coach, and it is a high-stakes game, and, and obviously it's a win-or-go-home. And in that moment, that, that was what came out of him was, was to be a good person. Just overwhelmed with pride for him. But, of course, the game must go on. Pearland beating Tulsa, now headed to the Little League World Series. But in that one moment, sportsmanship more golden than a trophy and a new friendship, the players say will endure. You guys met a few days ago. You think the friendship's going to stay alive? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Good luck, Caroline. Go get them. Thanks. And not only do I suspect they're going to stay friends for a long time, you heard Jarvis's dad there say he was a college coach. Well, during that Zoom, he said he'd be calling to recruit Caden in oh, a wow. few years. Caden uh, is headed to the World Series. Isaiah says he's going to be cheering him on. I want to see those guys team that? up, get on I the know, same team. I know. Yes. Wait for 10, 15 years. They'll be in a World Series together on the same team. It's going to be They're about 12 years old. About 12 Gosh, years what old. What are we yeah. doing at 12, guys? Yeah, not that. <laughs> not <laughs> That's that. great. Their parents should be proud, too. Good for them. Thank, Thank you, you Daddy. All right. Well, coming up, we think every day is Dolly Parton Day, but now there is a specific date on the calendar to celebrate her. We'll tell you about a special new honor for the country music icon. But first, Vicki's here with an eye-opening look at school safety as kids begin returning to the classroom. Hey, Vicki. Hey, good morning, Jacob. We are on campus for a first-hand look at how schools respond during a lockdown emergency, plus the questions you should ask about safety on your campus. That's coming up right after this break. Stay with us. Well, we are back 739 on this Wednesday morning with our Back to School series, getting kids and parents ready for the new year. And you know, with students gearing up to return to the classrooms all across the country, schools are taking a closer look at ways to keep everybody safe. That includes investing in new technology and training. NBC senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicki Wynn is here with an exclusive look at what a secure campus looks like. Good morning to you. Good morning, Chanel, Craig, and Jacob. Yeah, 50 million kids heading back to school right now, and so safety certainly on the minds of parents and school leaders. But there's not a one-size-fits-all solution. We looked into some of the most effective measures that are currently in place. We also talked with the experts about the single most important thing that every campus community should do. Now, for safety reasons, we can't show you all the security tactics that schools are using, but today we will give you an inside look at what's being done right now to save lives. Nearly 50 million kids in the U.S. are headed back to class, and across the country, districts are approaching security differently. 
In Indiana, Jay County schools have gun safes on each campus where trained staff have access with just a thumbprint. Clinton Public Schools in Mississippi added a fourth police officer. And in Las Vegas, El Dorado High School is set for a $26 million security upgrade with cameras, single point entry and perimeter fencing. I'm here at White Plains High School in New York for an exclusive look at their campus security system. And with me is John LaPlaca. He's a consultant who works with schools across the nation. Let's talk about the security here. What's the first thing a visitor would notice? So as we approach the building, we're going to have a single locked point of entry for visitors. Uh, if they want to gain access to the building, the first step in the process would be they'd buzz in and on the intercom system, which would be answered by security personnel inside. Hi there, it's John LaPlaca from Altaris. I'm here to visit the main office. So I've announced myself, and the security person has now given us access to the building has buzzed us into the vestibule. But that's not it. We're stopped by a second set of doors where security scans our driver's license to cross-check against the sex offender registry and local banned persons lists. Okay, John, so now we're inside the school. What other security measures are in place here? So visible throughout the building, you'll see cameras. It also gives law enforcement the ability in an emergency situation to look at the cameras. What about the classrooms themselves? They have electronic locks, which will actually automatically lock in an emergency situation. Some of the best returns on investment for safety and security are things that cost nothing at all. Low-cost signs to help people provide 911 with their location and help responders outside find them. We took part in an actual lockdown drill where teachers served as students. Assistant Principal Guy Vitiello, wearing this bright orange shirt, serves as a trespasser on campus. I'm in the classroom with teacher Daniel Furry, who shows us what happens when someone triggers the alarm. I'm going to activate the call. Okay. Students get to the safe zone. Students get to the safe zone. So you instruct your students to go back to the safe zone? Lockdown. Lockdown. Lock the doors. Stay away from the windows. Across campus, the alert can be seen and heard from these LED boxes. Furry is trained to quickly scan for nearby students before securing the room. So you go outside and make sure that there are no students in the hallway or you grab them to get into the safe zone? Correct. Okay. Come in, come in, get into the safe zone in the corner there. Lockdown. Go in the room. In an actual lockdown, only law enforcement can enter the building. Today, school resource officers from White Plains PD enter through a back door closest to our trespasser. Now, when you close that door, Mr. Furry, does it lock automatically? It does lock automatically. Police didn't want to reveal their tactical response, but told us the priority is to go straight to the trespasser and confront the security risk. White Plains Police, can you tell us why you're in the building? Inside, everyone remains in lockdown. Only police can unlock the doors and let them out. As you stand here in the corner, what kind of goes through your mind? Thinking about the students, you know, and what, how they're feeling and how important it is to reassure them that when they're here, they're safe, that we have systems for them to ensure their safety and their comfort and then reassuring them afterwards. White Plains Police Chief Joe Costelli says his department holds multiple training drills like this every year. These are decisions officers have to make in a split second. How important is training to that muscle memory? The more we do it, the more um, we will react in a crisis situation, in a high-stress situation. The time to train is not the time when the crisis is going on. The chief says everyone in the community can make the difference. See something, say something. Look, we want to help anybody who may be in distress. Superintendent Joe Ricca says planning, practice, and communication is the critical first layer of security to keeping any campus safe. At the core of any strong security plan is always going to be the training, training, training. 
And our thanks to White Plains High School for having us. La Placa says, don't be shy about asking your school leaders what security measures are in place. How often do you train? What's the partnership like with law enforcement? As parents, uh, you really do want to demand transparency about the safety at your school. Don't be shy about oh, man. it. Man, Vicki, that's hard to watch, even no. though it's a drill to no. see in the classroom like that. How often did they tell you that these schools should be training like, like this training that you saw? It is so different. It varies by state what the requirements are. For example, here in New York, you're required to do these kinds of drills four times a year. In Utah, they want elementary schools doing some sort of training every month. Wow. But really, it's not just about the quantity of that training. Yeah. It has to be high quality as well. Absolutely. It's, it's just, it's terribly sad. It is that sad. We're at a no, point in our country commentary. where these things have become commonplace. Mm -hmm. and, the, and keeping students safe, obviously, the priority. But teachers don't sign up for that. That's no. crazy. Teachers don't sign up for that. I know. And it is a different world. Yeah, and you're going to have more on Today All Day on this topic. Right? We are. We're going to talk about school safety. Uh, our Consumer Confidential is totally focused on back-to-school safety. We have important information for parents, kids, and teachers. We also will talk about the gear that you need to get back on campus. It's uh, on today all day at 1130 Eastern today. You can see that on uh, today.com and Peacock as well. Important. Right. Yeah. Important, Thank important. Thank you as always, mm -hmm. Vicki. Uh, let us head back over to Mr. Roker for another check of the weather. I know you've got, some eye, you got your eye on some storms. That's right, and we're watching for the potential for flooding. We've actually got flooding out in the southwest possibility flood watchers because of that monsoonal moisture but all eyes right now on the Tennessee River Valley where we do have flood watches stretching from Tennessee all the way to the Delmarva Peninsula here's what we're looking at the widespread storms there's a slow moving front and moisture rides up along this system we're looking at strong storms possibly into the mid-Atlantic then as we move on through tomorrow scattered storms will continue in the southeast another cold front dropping back through the northeast bringing much cooler air and here's what we are looking at risk of flooding Again, flash flood risk out west, but also from Nashville, Knoxville, Harrisburg, Harrisonburg, Washington, D.C., Ocean Pines, up to Philadelphia, anywhere from two to three inches of rain possible as this system develops. We'll be watching rainfall rates sometimes up to two inches, and that's why we're worried about flooding. That's your latest weather. What brings pizza? It smells oh, good. Funny you should ask, Mr. Roker, <laughs> just ahead. So when you order pizza, yes. do you go with the local spot or do you go with the big chain? Local. That's okay. Well, there's a new debate that's being sparked by a group of folks who really know their stuff when it comes to pizza. We'll have that for you right after these bites. I can tell you what brand is. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. with a nostalgic commercial from Domino's Pizza that apparently you either love or you hate. Anybody a fan? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know who's not a fan, though? Who? The birthplace of pizza. Yeah, what's going on there? So they officially hate it in Italy. How do we know this? Domino's has reportedly closed its last branch in the country after facing slow sales <laughs> in Italy. Surprise. What a shock. Uh, they started selling the pies here in 2015. They introduced uh, American-style oh. toppings like pineapple and barbecue, barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken. My favorite. But uh, Italians didn't like it so much. They, just, no. they want the real deal, so to of speak. Of course. But here's, I mean, well, Domino's is hurting It's like me. selling Lucky Charms in Ireland. You know? <laughs> Nobody's buying that. But I think it does depend on where you live. I do, too. You know, because, like, in New York, obviously, yes. you, got, you have access to some of the best pizza in the world. And it's a different style, In Chicago, as well. Yeah. But for, like, where I grew up down in South Carolina, there weren't a lot of mom-and-pop pizza shops. So it was Pizza Hut and Domino's. Although and I do think Tons. that's changing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're right, because there are a couple now. Naples, yeah. Italy is the birthplace of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they need a Domino's. I, I, Speaking I, of I, birthplaces, the birthplace of Pizza Hut. Where was it? Wichita, Kansas. Oh, Hi, Wichita. Thought? I should have known. should have seen that. A train's never late. There you go. There I'll you go eat Italian pizza anytime. All right, well, uh, meanwhile, here is one of the though. biggest names in country music. You know him. Just ahead, we're going to hear Garth Brooks like you have never ever heard him before. Oh, wow. All right, plus we're going to share some powerful new tributes to Olivia Newton-John. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.